Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In 4 weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose 1 to 2 pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the Improv Chronicle podcast. I'm Lloydie. What happens when two improv organizations in different parts of the world happen to have the same name and then discover that each other exist? Today's episode tells the story of the improv place and the improv place, one based in the USA, the other based in the UK, both doing improv activity online. Last week, one of the two organizations changed names after a series of mediated conversations between the two companies. Just afterwards, both parties sat down to talk about the process and some of the things that they're taking away from it. This is what happened. My name is Jermaine Trice. I'm the founder of the Improv Place uh, in the US, uh, which was founded in 2019. I've been doing improv off and on since the late '90s, um, starting with、uh, Second City in like the late '90s, early 2000s, in、uh, lots of workshops in, in Chicago. I'm from Chicago originally, and so I, I took a break and、uh, while you know having to make money in the professional world, <laughs>、um, and I started. Back up again in about uh, 2016, uh, uh, performing improv again.、Uh, so I have a lot of years' experience doing improv, uh, uh, semi-professionally, not professionally. And what was it the Uh, that was the kind of creative spark for you to、uh, set up the improv place. Well, I found that、um, when I started improv again back in 2016, that、um, if I wanted to perform, I actually needed to take a class. I need to pay,、um, and it's like you know, I don't really need to learn. I just want a, a space to perform.、Um, and then when I was performing, I also found that it was、uh, difficult to be myself.、Uh, I felt like.、Um, I had to、uh, perform in someone else's image of an improviser, and that that didn't feel right to me. So I wanted a space where people can be themselves,、um, and I also wanted a space where、uh, you didn't have to pay to play. <laughs> Basically, you you、mm. could just perform. 
One of the shows Jermaine is particularly proud of is Voices. Recently, there was a rapper who appeared doing a fan so, rap, um, explaining what the platform to meant to him. Share Chris's fan rap with you. This is Chris, aka CMC, with a big thank you to Voices. Voices, this rap, it's for you. Riding on the loose leaf like I'm a new sweet Cause it's Tuesday, now you stay ready for the huge day Cause I might lean like I lean in my better shorts Thanks for the intro to this show You have three words that um, scream out from your website uh, straight away When you kind of go to the homepage And that's elevate, empower, and entertain Our goal, our mission is to elevate voices uh, and, and give people opportunity um, Empower is related to that It's empowering performers to be okay with being themselves and not being ashamed of, you know, their, their culture or their, their nationality or their, uh, their sexual orientation or whatever it happens to be, um, empowering people to just be themselves and entertain. It really goes back to what I was saying about the original mission was giving giving people a place to perform and just focusing on entertaining without rules, um, you know, improv for something that is um, for something that is free form has a lot of rules. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. and um, I don't really believe in a lot of those rules. It's like, you know, be yourself. If I'm not saying yes and or whatever, it's that's okay. Just, you know, entertain. Great question. Uh, great question. That is covered in section 11. So, um, to the UK we, and we really, the story of the other improv place. Really, it's important to us. It's a part of our Which was set up by improvisers Katie Shute and Chris Mead. There's a couple of things that I think contributed to the improv place that arrived uh, sort of when it when it came into being in 2020 um but the the instigation was a little bit before then and i always think there were two big things that inspired us one was the nature of conversation on improvised facebook groups and it's really interesting because improv is such a as an art form it teaches us to collaborate and be joyful and support each other And sometimes on these really big Facebook groups, that joy was absent. And there was actually quite a lot of toxicity and name calling. And it just didn't feel like the community I knew. And I don't think that's the people, that's sort of the platform. I think Facebook is so big. And I wanted to collaborate. I wanted to talk to other people about this art form I loved. But there didn't seem to be any place where the greater rules of the internet didn't apply and where things didn't descend into name calling and hurt and people misunderstanding each other. And the other thing was when I was talking to Katie about it, Katie was saying, at the moment we travel all over the world and we teach. Uh, And Katie just had this, the really good point of, and maybe we have one interaction with that community. We teach one workshop or we are part of one workshop And we have these brilliant experiences and then we just sort of have to wave goodbye to them and go back to our own community. 
couldn't there be a way that we'd continue to teach and learn from each other? And at that point, that was pretty radical because no one was really teaching online. It was a new idea, really, I think, in a lot of ways. And this was in late 2019 that we talked about that and started to build it. And then the pandemic hit. And Katie explains what happened next. When Chris and I had, you know, a year or so of work left in our diaries that disappeared overnight, as is the same again for so many people. And because we were already talking about the community, we were like, well, this this project has just hit the top of our priority list because it's the only one <laughs> that works in the context of this new world. So I think in a slightly anxious state, we were like, okay, let's like start pushing through on this thing now that we would have maybe taken a little bit longer to you know, put into place. And we, we built it around the people that joined after we'd launched. So how did the two organisations find out each other exist? Jermaine takes up the story. Um, so I, I was well into doing uh, online uh, shows. Um, and maybe it was like late May or June of 2020. And um, I received an email or a message from one of the one of the folks at the Improv Place UK saying, hey, yes, we're starting this thing, um, and it's called the Improv Place. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm the Improv Place. <laughs> um, and, they're, and they're like, oh, would you like to collaborate or something like that? And um, I didn't really say this at the time, but um, it was the whole collaborating uh, with someone else was kind of, anti the vision of the improv place uh, because it's you know about owning things and empowering people as opposed to oh hey we're going to be under someone else's umbrella uh so um i was at that time actually kind of uh taken aback that um that the other improv place or the other soon-to-be improv place wasn't really uh, understanding my perspective. Um, so from then on, um, we kind of both went in our own directions, but uh, causing confusion in the improv world <laughs> where um, mm. folks are like, oh, I've, I'm not sure if you're like the same or different I've seen some shows or I've taken some classes. The logos are different. What's what exactly like, who are you? So I, I, I was feeling like, and I'm sure it was similar for the, the improv place UK that didn't have like a unique identity. Someone got in touch and said, do you know, there is another one. And we were like, Oh, we thought we'd done our research. We hadn't. Um, so Jermaine was on Facebook with his page. So we didn't really know what to do because we felt like we committed. So and in our slightly anxious state, I suppose, of the world <laughs> burning around us, um, we just went, hey, well, the sensible thing to do would just be to like get in touch and say, oh, my gosh, we have the same company name. Like, um, what do you think would you be up for kind of trading it in or us buying buying it off you it you know and now in retrospect after a year of education uh in 
in so many things, we realised that that was a complete misstep. And talking to Jermaine fairly recently and uh, having Velvet Wells there as well, it was just like so obvious. And to us now as well, actually, when we just think about it, it's such a colonialist move to be like, well, someone else apparently has got our company name. So um, we'll just ask them if it's okay. And he actually didn't want to pass it over, but it, it felt very amicable. And it was just like, okay, cool. Well, we'll both keep it. And it doesn't look like it's going to be a problem. We're in different countries. But then, of course, improvisation became completely global. I don't think either of us realized the reach of our work and how much perhaps we'd intersect or that people would be looking for one or other of us and find the quote unquote wrong one. As time went by, there seemed to be definite confusion between the two organizations. Here's Jermaine again. Um, so I was in a conversation with... Um with uh, the Black Improv Alliance for a project that we were working on together. Um, and and we were we were actually um, talking about that and, and they were saying to me, yeah, uh, we weren't really sure what was going on. <laughs> um, what, you know, if you were like the same working together, we weren't sure. And lots of people were saying that. Um, and, and this was like maybe two months ago and um, one of the members of Black Improv Alliance, Velvet Wells, uh, actually. Oh, you... that was awesome. <laughs> <Velvet's> awesome. <laughs> so he was like, you know, I'm I'm going to be doing a thing with with uh, the Improv Place UK um, later today, and you know, I've just heard your story, and I'm a little concerned. Hmm. Um, and so. Um, he actually arranged a meetup with uh, the two companies. We had the meeting, and um, at the conclusion of the first meeting, we had several meetings, but at the conclusion of the first meeting, um, the Improv Place UK thought that the best course of action would be to change their name. What was your reaction to that? Uh, gut reaction was it's about time. Uh, <laughs> I mean, really, that that was my gut reaction. But um, mm. I was actually very appreciative of them, you know, understanding my situation um, and and not not uh, not really just saying, "Hey, we you know we know more people, whatever. We're just going to keep this." Uh, so I, I I think that was very supportive of them. We were hopelessly naive a year ago that these two companies could coexist, even though they were in different countries. Because at the time, you know, the, this was right at the beginning of the pandemic. We didn't know how improv was going to explode online and, and how everyone was going to start learning from everyone else. So the fact that we were in different countries seemed sort of okay. It was enough for us to think, okay, let's keep going. And then everything happened and, and everyone, as I said, started learning from everyone else. And we couldn't, we, we realized that, that what we were doing was essentially not allowing Jermaine's work to get to all the people it should be getting to. Um, and as soon as we heard that, as soon as we were able to speak to him, um, Velvet sort of brought this to us and, and was there throughout the conversation, uh, the multiple conversations that we had. And, yeah, we just got to a point where we realised, both of us realised, there was never even really much of a discussion about it. We've got to change our name. That's really the only thing we can do at this point to make right this mistake that we made. I think um, 
there are different ways that you could look at that. And there's the sort of capitalist choice, which is like, we could have progressed, you know, we could have not changed our name and been fine. I think it would have maybe, we can't tell, but it would maybe have affected Jermaine more, maybe, or we'd have been able to just continue just fine. But that's not the point, really. (laughs) We looked, Chris and I looked back at our company values and was like, as Chris says, there was no choice because if our company values are inclusion and diversity, we, we can't make a choice where we're following, you know, sort of the money or the the business model or the winning competing strand that just wouldn't have been ethically in keeping with what we're trying to do so I think if we had fought it in any way like personally it would have felt awful um we'd have been stupid white dickheads (laughs) and you know and I think I think we're doing something that yeah that sits right it feels right and we're it's not like Jermaine needs our assistance at all like he's fine he's doing really well but I'm glad that anything we can do is is positive for his company so you've settled on a new name and and what's that it's the international improv station and and how did you come to that ah interesting (laughs) yeah we kind of spitballed a bunch of ideas basically and then we got into a space kind of headspace and that was just one of the ones that we jammed out in our meeting and we both kind of thought it was a bit jokey and a bit silly and then kept coming back to it and then shared a few ideas in the community and other people attached to it and we're like oh yeah oh it's definitely that then (laughs) so what does Jermaine see for the future of what is now the only improv place I just I want people to have a place to for their voices to be heard and uh there is a show that I that I produced last year that I'm planning to uh, have a 2.0 version of, which is called Voices, which does exactly that. Um, so if anyone has something to say or or some talent that they would like to show to the world, um, again, perform at theimprovplace.org, and we can we will we will share our stage with you. Katie, from what we'll now refer to as the International Improv Station, thinks one of the key things they'll be taking away from the whole process is communication. And actually what we didn't do when we first spoke to Jermaine was initiate more of a conversation. It was sort of a transactional like, would you would you want to change? No. Okay, cool. See you later. Rather than, you know, opening up so I think there's something in that and we try and do that at the International Improv Station where we are constantly trying to have a dialogue. So we're sending out surveys and we're talking to people and we're trying to create a, a culture of radical honesty, essentially. So if you're annoyed about something, you don't just leave the site and then bitch about it to your friends. You bitch about it to us and maybe we'll do something about it and then we'll be in a better community. And Jermaine agrees, resolving these things is all about dialogue. The same message that I give in my uh, business world, um, communication is key. So I think if we had had this conversation earlier on, um, we would have been in a different place and we probably would have been collaborating throughout the pandemic. Um, But since we did not communicate, it, you know, things started building um, and and uh, and 
I mean, we eventually reached a really good resolution, but uh, communicating earlier, we could have reached the same resolution a lot earlier. The Improv Place has a number of shows that elevate, empower, and entertain, from Pandemic Chef to Voices, which you heard talked about earlier. If you want to perform at The Improv Place, you can email perform at theimprovplace.org, and there's a link to their website and some of their shows in this episode's show notes. The International Improv Station is in the middle of a lot of new exciting things. They're changing the way their membership works, and they're rebranding. There's a link to them in the show notes, with more to come soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And if you want the latest news from the world of improv, get the world of improv in your inbox when you subscribe to the Improv Chronicle newsletter. Click the link in the show notes or go to improvchronicle.com. <laughs>